listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with those who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria teaches how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 262. We are reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 22. Paragraphs 693 to 700. 693. To the holy angels who have obeyed thy holy and just will, I assign as habitation the highest heavens as their proper and eternal abode, and with it the joys of eternal vision and fruition of our divinity. I desire that they enjoy its everlasting possession together with our company and friendship. I decree that they recognize my mother as their legitimate queen and lady, and that they serve her, accompany, and attend upon her, bear her up in their hands in all places and times, obeying her in all that she wishes to ordain and command. The demons, rebellious to our perfect and holy will, I cast out and deprive of our vision and company. Again do I condemn them to our abhorrence, to eternal loss of our friendship and glory, to privation of the vision of my mother, of the saints, and of my friends and the just. I appoint and assign to them as their eternal dwelling place, the most remote from our royal throne, namely the infernal caverns, the center of the earth, deprived of light and full of the horrors of sensible darkness. Jude 6. I decree this to be their portion and inheritance, as chosen by them in their pride and obstinacy against the divine being and decrees. In those eternal dungeons of darkness, they shall be tormented by everlasting and inextinguishable fire. 694. From the multitudes of men, in the fullness of my good will, I call, select, and separate all the just and the predestined, who, through my grace, save themselves by imitating me, doing my will, and obeying my holy law. These, next to my most pure mother, I appoint as the inheritors of all my mysteries, my blessings, my sacramental treasures, of the mysteries concealed in the holy scriptures, of my humility, meekness of heart, of the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, of my divine gifts and favors, of my cross, labors, contempt, poverty, and nakedness. This shall be their portion and inheritance in this present and mortal life, since they must choose these in order to labor profitably. I assign to them the trials I have chosen for myself in this life as a pledge of my friendship, in order that they may undergo them with joy. I offer them my protection and defense, my holy inspirations, my favors and powerful assistance, my blessings and my justification. 
according to each one's disposition and degree of love. I promise to be to them a father, a brother, and a friend, and they shall be my chosen and beloved children, and as such I appoint them as the inheritors of all my merits and treasures without limitation. I desire that all who dispose themselves shall partake of the goods of my holy church and of the sacraments, that if they should lose my friendship, they shall be able to restore themselves and recover my graces and blessings through my cleansing blood. For all of them shall be open the intercession of my mother and of the saints, and she shall recognize them as her children, shielding them and holding them as her own. My angels shall defend them, guide them, protect them, and bear them up in their hands, lest they stumble, and if they fall, they shall help them to rise. Psalm 90, 11, 12, 695. Likewise, it is my will that my just and chosen ones shall stand high above the reprobate and the demons, that they shall be feared and obeyed by my enemies, that all the rational and irrational creatures shall serve them, that all the influences of the heavens, the planets, and the stars shall favor them and give them life, that the earth, its elements, and animals shall sustain them, all the creatures that are mine and serve me shall be theirs, and shall serve also them as my children and friends." and their blessing shall be in the dew of heaven and in the fruits of the earth. I wish to hold with them my delights, communicate to them my secrets, converse with them intimately, and live with them in the militant church and the species of bread and wine as an earnest and an infallible pledge of the eternal happiness and glory promised to them. Of it I make them partakers and heirs in order that they may enjoy it with me in heaven by perpetual right and in unfailing beatitude. 696. I consent that the foreknown and reprobate, though they were created for another and much higher end, shall be permitted to possess as their portion and inheritance the concupiscence of the flesh and the eyes. John 1, 2, 16. Pride and all its effects, that they eat and be satisfied with the dust of the earth, namely, with riches, with the fumes and the corruption of the flesh, with its delights and with the vanity and presumption of the world. For such possessions have they labored and applied all the diligence of their mind and body. In such occupations have they consumed their powers, their gifts, and blessings bestowed upon them by us. And they have of their own free will chosen deceit, despising the truth I have taught them in the holy law. They have rejected the law which I have written in their hearts and the one inspired by my grace. They have despised my teachings and my blessings and listened to my and their own enemies. They have accepted their deceits, have lost vanity, wrought injustice, followed their ambitions, sought their delight and vengeance, persecuted the poor, humiliated the just, mocked the simple and the innocent, strove to exalt themselves, and desired to be raised above all the seers of Lebanon in following the laws of injustice. 697. Since they have done all this in opposition to our divine goodness, and remained obstinate in their malice, And since they have renounced the rights of sonship merited for them by me, I disinherit them of my friendship and glory. Just as Abraham separated the children of the slave, setting aside some possessions for them, and reserving the principal heritage for Isaac, the son of the freedwoman Sarah, Genesis 25.5, thus I set aside their claims on my inheritance by giving them the transitory goods which they themselves have chosen, separating them from our company and from that of my mother, Of the angels and saints, I condemn them to the eternal dungeons and the fire of hell in the company of Lucifer and his demons, whom they have freely served. I deprive them forever of all hope of relief. This is, O my Father, the sentence which I pronounce as the head and the judge of men and angels. And this is the testament made at my death, 
This is the effect of my redemption, whereby each one is rewarded with that which he was justly merited according to his works and according to the incomprehensible wisdom in the equity of thy strictest justice. 2 Timothy 4.8 Such was the prayer of Christ our Savior on the cross to his eternal Father. It was sealed and deposited in the heart of the most holy Mary as the mysterious and sacramental testament in order that through her intercession solicitous care it might at its time and even from that moment be executed in the church just as it had before this time been prepared and perfected by the wise providence of god in whom all the past and the future is always one with the present instruction which the queen of heaven mary gave me 698 my daughter seek with all the powers of thy mind during thy whole life to remember the mysteries manifested to thee in this chapter I, as thy mother and thy instructress, shall ask the Lord by his divine power to impress in thy heart and knowledge, which I have vouchsafed thee, in order that it may remain fixed and ever present to thee as long as thou livest. In virtue of this blessing, keep in thy memory Christ crucified, who is my divine Son and thy spouse, and never forget the sufferings of the cross and the doctrine taught by him upon it. This is the mirror by which thou must arrange all thy adornments, and the source from which thou art to draw thy interior beauty like a true daughter of the prince. In order that thou mayest be prepared, proceed, and reign as the spouse of the supreme king. As this honorable title obliges thee to seek with all thy power to imitate him as far as is becoming thy station, and possible to thee by his grace. And as this is to be the true fruit of my doctrine, I wish that from today on thou live crucified with Christ, entirely assimilated to thy exemplar and model and dead to this earthly life. 2 Corinthians 5.15 I desire that in thee shall vanish the effects of the first sin, that thou shalt live only for the operations and movements of divine virtue, and that thou renounce thy inheritance as a daughter of the first Adam, in order that in thee may bear fruit thy inheritance of the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, thy Redeemer and Teacher. 699. Thy state of life must be for thee a most rigid cross, on which thou must remain crucified, and thou must not widen thy path by seeking for dispensation and weakening interpretation of thy rules to make it easy and comfortable, but at the same time insecure and full of imperfections. This is the deception into which the children of Babylon and of Adam fall, that each one, according to his state, seeks to find ease in the work commanded by the law of God. They set aside the salvation of their soul in their efforts to buy heaven very cheaply, or risk losing it by dreading the restrictions and entire subjection necessary to observe rigorously the divine law and its precepts. Hence arises the desire to find explanations and opinions, which smooth the paths and highways of eternal life, without heeding the doctrine of my divine Son, that the path of life is very narrow. Matthew 7.14 they forget that the Lord himself has walked these narrow paths, in order that no one might imagine he can reach eternal life over paths more spacious and comfortable to the flesh and to the inclinations vitiated by sins. This danger is greater for ecclesiastics and religious, who by their very state must follow the Master and must accommodate themselves to his life of poverty, and must choose for this purpose the way of the cross. Some of them, however, are apt to seek the dignities attached to the religious state for their temporal advantage, for the increase of their own honor and praise. In order to secure it, they lighten the cross they have promised to bear, so that they live a carnal life, 
little restricted, and much eased by deceptive dispensations and vain excuses. In their time they shall recognize the truth, and that saying of the Holy Ghost, Each one thinks his past secure, but the Lord weighs in his hands and hearts of men. 700. So far from this deceit do I wish thee to be, my daughter, that thou must live strictly up to the most rigorous demands of thy profession, in such a way that thou canst not stretch thyself in any way, being nailed immovably to the cross with Christ. Thou must set aside all temporal advantage for the least point pertaining to the utmost perfection of thy state. Thy right hand, my daughter, must be nailed to the cross by obedience and reserved not for myself the least movement, the least activity or word or thought not controlled by this virtue. Thou must not maintain any position that is of thy own choice, but only such as is willed by others. Thou must not appear wise in thy own conceit in anything, but ignorant and blind in order to follow entirely the guidance of thy superiors. He that promises, says the wise man, binds his hands, and by his words shall he be bound and chained. Thou hast bound thy hand by the vow of obedience, and hast thereby lost thy liberty, and thy right of wishing or not wishing. Thy left hand thou hast nailed to the cross by the vow of poverty, depriving thee of all right to follow any inclination toward the objects usually coveted by the eyes. For both in use and in the desire for such creatures, thou must rigorously imitate Christ, impoverished and despoiled upon the cross. By the third vow, that of chastity, thy feet are nailed to the cross in order that all thy steps and movements may be pure, chaste, and beautiful. For this thou must not permit in thy presence the least word offensive to purity, nor by looking upon or touching any human creature allow any sensual image or impression within thee. Thy eyes and all thy senses are to remain consecrated to chastity, without making more use of them than to fix them upon Jesus crucified. The fourth vow of perpetual enclosure thou wilt maintain in the bosom of, of my divine Son, to which I consign thee. In order that this doctrine may appear to thee sweet, and this path less narrow, contemplate and consider in thy heart the image of my Son and Lord, full of blood, torments, sorrows, and at last nailed to the cross, no part of his sacred body being exempt from wounds and excruciating pains. The Lord and I were most solicitous and compassionate toward all the children of men. For them we suffered and endured such bitter sorrows, in order that they might be encouraged not to refuse less severe sufferings for their own eternal good, and in return for so obliging a love. Therefore let mortals show themselves thankful, willingly entering upon the rough and thorny path, and accepting the cross to bear it after Christ. Thus will they walk upon the direct path toward heaven, and gain an eternal happiness. This concludes our reading today for day number 262. We've been reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 22, paragraphs 693 to 700. Today's reading is a continuation of where we left off yesterday, that of the last will and testament of Jesus. And so we hear, for example, I decree that they recognize my mother as their legitimate queen and lady, that they serve her, accompany and attend upon her. So she's speaking of the angels, that the angels will come to our lady, as Jesus indicates in this last will and testament. Of course, I'll be concretized from those words on the cross, woman, behold your son, that Mary is given to the care of someone else. But then in her role as queen, well, she's the queen of angels. She's the queen of prophets. She's the queen of saints. And so in that role, there's all these people then that look up to her, that look to her to help them 
in due time. Again, we hear about Mary. For all of them shall be open the intercession of my mother and of the saints, and she shall recognize them as her own children. So now we, her subjects, she'll see us as her children, for that is indeed what we are. Mary is our mother. John stands in for all of us at the foot of the cross. She calls us her children, and we call her our mother. The instruction which Our Lady gives today covers really the readings that we've had uh, for a few days now. We're going back over the entirety of that chapter that we have just read. And in the instruction, again an exhortation, I wish that from today on thou live crucified with Christ, entirely assimilated to thy exemplar and model and dead to this earthly life. 2 Corinthians 5.15. Well, another scripture passage really comes to mind. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. That comes from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. And so we are to live crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Entirely assimilated to the exemplar and model and dead to this earthly life. It's no longer I who live, but it's now Christ living in me doing all of these things. I desire that in thee shall vanish the effects of the first sin. Well, what's the effects of the first sin? Concupiscence, that we are inclined to sin. And so for Maria of Agreda, our lady says, I want that to diminish in you. And well, we shouldn't want that to diminish in each one of us. That we always, again, it is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who talks through me. It is Christ who does his work and uses me to accomplish it. And so that's what happens when we assimilate our life, when we realize that we can have a diminishing of the effects of that first sin. Our instruction concluded today, thus they will walk upon the direct path toward heaven and gain an eternal happiness. You know what the purpose of us reading the mystical city of God has been. It's so that we might love God more, that we might walk this path that we have in this life, that we might more eagerly strive towards godly things so that one day we might attain that everlasting goal of heaven. We don't want to set the bar too short and say, I'm aiming for purgatory, but we always have our eyes set on heaven knowing that's where God calls us, that's where he wants us, that's where we want to be. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.